Alan Maria and my dad were two of the best gardeners or farmers, I would call them, that I had ever known. While neither of them owned a farm, I'm telling you, those two guys knew how to grow some of the greatest vegetables and have the most fabulous-looking lawn. You remember Alan? You remember how meticulous he was? And they both together, when we lived next door to each other for those years, worked continuously about their gardens. I would watch them plow up that dirt and getting the ground ready for what I called the super garden. You see, both of them had a garden, and it was side by side in our backyards. I watched them as they planted. I watched them as a high school junior and senior. Now, mind you, my my dad would never let me get too close, however. You see... I thank God for the earned doctorate I have, but in addition, I have another degree that most of you all know about. It's called a MOP degree, M-O-P. It's called the Master of Obliterating Plants. Dad wouldn't want me around that garden too much because if I just simply looked at it, it died. It still does. I did not inherit that from my father at all. But they would plant their garden, and it looked great. Both of them were so cotton-picking, meticulous about everything. And my dad said, Rand, don't walk on the seeds. And old Alan would come back and say, Randy, your dad's right. Don't walk on our seeds. We just planted. And then after a few weeks, voila, there it was, folks. Some of the most tasty vegetables and gorgeous planting you had ever seen on this earth. Let me tell you, by those two men. Both of these men showed me exactly how to do it. But just didn't work out for me. One thing, however, I could do well was this. I could sow grass. We had this grass spreader, and usually about the time of getting the garden ready, <coughs> excuse me, getting the garden ready, it would be time to plant the grass. And Dad would always say to me, he said, now, Rand, just sow the seed. Make it uniform throughout the whole yard, and don't worry, some of that seed will fall out of the spreader. Some of it will fall on the stuff up by the driveway, that rocky soil. Other seeds, if you get it too close to the bushes, you can't worry, but just get as much as you can in the yard, will be choked out by all those bushes and their roots and their thorns and then there's, that seed's going to fall on the good stuff. And boy, when it falls on that kind of soil, that grass is going to come up green and thick. And he'd always say, you're just sowing the stuff, and you just sow the seed. That's all you have to worry about. You make sure you sow the seed. You see, folks, I call it kingdom farming. Being a farmer in God's kingdom is the goal of the Great Commission. That's not a command. It's a participle. And you all English majors know that when you make a word a participle, what do you do? You add, what is it? I-N-G on the end of the word. So it's a continuous action. So the participle in the Great Commission, I mean the, the command in the Great Commission is to disciple the nations. To disciple, that's the command. 
The participle is the word go. You pronounce it going. What's that mean? It means as you go. As you're going about your daily activities, as you're living life every day, make seed sowing, make kingdom farming, as we would say, your goal. There are many ways to do that. One of the ways is what I showed you last week is our truelife.org. Just simply walking up to someone or leaving a card where you eat lunch or wherever you are or looking at someone and say, I'm from Olive Springs Baptist Church. Even the card says you are invited to Olive Springs. It gives them a phone number and address. And then all you do is turn over the other side of the card and say, if you're looking for answers to some of life's hardest questions, let me tell you, there's some incredible videos. Go to truelife.org. It'll tell you what you need to know about Olive Springs, but even more, it'll tell you and help you find the answers you're searching for. That took me about 45 seconds to do that. That's called going evangelism. That's called being kingdom farming. That's called sowing the seed. That's taking my father and Alan's advice. Ran, just sow the seed. So here we have Matthew 13, verses 3 through 9. Jesus speaks in parables. That word in the Greek is called parabole. It even sounds like parable. And it means a story to illustrate a precept. A story to get a complete absolute truth across to its readers. And Jesus and the people knew these stories. They knew what they were like. And they knew when Jesus was comparing one thing, he actually meant another. And that's exactly what he's doing. Matter of fact, in Matthew 13, there are seven parables in that entire scripture. And the first one is we have called over the years the parable of the sword. But the very first words Jesus said was this, a farmer went out to sow. And that's where I go back to think of Alan and my daddy. My dad used to look out the window during the winter. And most of you have been with me, some of you on Wednesday night, you know I'm not an artist either. But my dad was. And he would sit at that door, that old kitchen window, and look out the back of our house on Old Carriage Drive after we moved there next door to the Loreas. And I remember him sitting out there, and in just a few minutes, I looked at the picture he had drawn and looked outside, and they looked one and the same by pencil. It was amazing. He had no training in artwork at all, but he could put that together. He lined it out. He knew right where this row of vegetables would be. He had everything planned. He knew the dimensions. And you know what's so funny? Later on, we found out. It wasn't funny. It was incredible. What we found out is that Alan was doing the same thing out his window, exactly planning it all out. And then they compared the two and put them together. Wow. He looked outside, he saw the need, he planned out how he was going to fulfill that need, and then they both went out to sow the seed. Now, and they prepared the land before them. I remember both of them were out there with those tillers, and they were breaking that land up. Not some of the best soil when they finished doing that. It even looked good. And you know boys at young age, now even in high school, I'd be out there with them. But, you know, guys, when we were very young, our big thing is we wanted to find the dirt. If we could find the pile of dirt, we'd play, you know. And uh, I almost went back to my childhood during those days of going out there with them. But unlike my dad and Alan, who prepared the ground first, the farmers in Palestine did it different. They sowed the seed 
before they're plowing. Now keep that in mind when you read this parable. And some of the seed would fall on ground which would later be unsuitable. And the emphasis was just like my dad said, don't ever stop sowing the seed. So rather than simply preparing the land, their task was to sow the seed. It's the same way with you and me today. We sow the seed through a true life card. We sow the seed with our heart's attitude talking to people. And they see Jesus, a reflection of Jesus Christ in us. We are going and telling. As you go, we are telling. Disciple. Mathetes taethne in the Greek. Disciple the nations. So how are you at Kingdom Farm? How's it been this week giving out these cards? I'm telling you, we've had some great stories that people have called and been by the office. We've talked. I was out there last week giving out one to everybody that came to the door and whatever, and our folks that were helping out in our, in our meals and our food as well. And I went out to this one guy and had it in my pocket, and I said, Sir, I'm pastor here, but I'd really like to invite you to Olive Springs. You'll see the address right there. Here we are. And on the back of this, I told him about true love and true life and all that. And to get it. And he looked at me and he says, oh, I just got one of those. You know who had given it to him? M.D. Daniel. M.D. He got there before I did. But I thought, just sowing the seed. We've heard stories of these little cards even falling on the ground and somebody coming by and picked them up and reading the back of that and testimonies how lives were changed because they looked at that video, how to come to know Jesus. Just the seed sowing. So many times in this world, people are afraid to share anything about their faith. This makes it the fear go away. God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. Simply being kingdom farmers everywhere you go. I challenge you today when you leave here and you go to Bible study and then you leave, some of you will go to a restaurant to eat. If you feel uncomfortable sharing that with your waiter, one of the greatest things you can do to that waiter or waitress that comes to your table, we're about to pray for our meal. How can we pray for you? I remember a lot of pastors who do that. We do. I was with one the other day. We had lunch together, and he didn't have a true life card in his hand. But he said, listen, we want to pray specifically for you, dot, dot, dot. And the waitress shared with us and told us at a restaurant in Smyrna specific needs she had. And we gathered around that table and prayed. What a witness. What a witness. It's kingdom farming. Let me show you the souls, the four souls. And what they mean. Now the second part, verses 18 through 33, explain the parable. Jesus explains that. Daniel's already read these verses to you. But I'm going to put all four of these up here. And you can go ahead and fill in. Because I want you to listen closely to what we're saying. There are four times the soil that we're talking about. And I keep this in mind every time I think of Dad and Alan out there with that garden. The first, and what he taught me. The first one is called wayside sowing. But let me just say something very briefly and at the outset of everything that I say in these next few minutes. Anytime, anytime, folks, you share the gospel, you share the gospel, there is a promise of God that it will never return to you as nothing. The Bible says that this book right here is powerful than any two-edged sword, able to reach to the 
marrow, the, the, the center of the marrow of your bone. This word is that powerful. If we can just get the word of God in the hands of people where they can read it, where they can hear it. And the Bible is very specific. Isaiah chapter 55, for just as the rain and snow fall from heaven and do not return there without saturating the earth and making it germinate and sprout and provided seeds to sow and food to eat, so my word that comes from my mouth will not return to me empty. You never fail at kingdom farming. Never. Because the Bible gives you a promise no matter what. Whatever you do, God will honor. God will use. Even if it's leaving a card on your table at lunch today, and that waiter or that busboy or girl or whomever comes by and picks it up. Who knows, folks? They may just read that you're invited to Olive Springs, and they may just turn it over. And sometimes tonight after they get off work, they go home, they get on their computer, online, on the Internet, and they go, you know, the true life. That's catchy. TrueLife.org. TrueLife.org. Click. And there it is. Folks, in our day and time, right now in the 21st century, social media is where evangelism is taking place as well. And I believe God wants us to use every avenue we have. The gospel message has never and will never change. The way we implement that message is changing and has changed and will forever change. And this is one way. That we can reach those social media sites. We're on Facebook. I hope you've seen our Facebook site. We're trying to continually update that even more. No matter what. Wayside sowing though. Wayside sowing. It's that seed that comes out of the spreader. It's that seed that falls out. And it falls on this ground that has become Hard. Now, in, in the day of Christ, there were no fences to separate property lines. Instead, there were long, narrow paths, footpaths, for the traveling public. And these paths would become so hardened, so trodden down because of the constant group, it became almost like concrete. That's what the Lord's referring to. When it falls by the wayside, when it just comes over, these are people who really hear the word. The word got out of the spreader, the farmer. But it never was able to take any roots because the ground was so trodden down and dry, that part of the ground, it could not absorb and develop roots. We call it wayside sowing. And folks, no matter what you do in this day and time, the Bible says when you share Christ, when you become that kingdom farmer, there are going to be some that that ground, that heart of that person, it will not germinate. It will do everything you can possibly do, but at least at that particular point in that one's life, that seed that is the Word of God falls on that old trodden down, hard, dry dirt, and it can take no root. It's called wayside sowing. Now, so many people think, well, when someone rejects what I say, when someone refuses to take a card, when someone refuses me and you of being narrow-minded crazy folks or whatever, you understand that's going to be part of life. Here it is. Some of that seed's going to fall on ground that they don't want to have anything to do with you. But you know something? 
You were a kingdom farmer. You were just sowing seed. Just doing something for God in sowing his seed. Then there's a second one. I hope you fill that one out too. I call it stony sowing. Stony sowing. Verses 5 and 6 that Daniel's already read. It's called the rocky ground where there wasn't much soil, the scriptures say. And they sprang up quickly. In some parts of Palestine, lying right beneath the ground is a layer of limestone. And when seed falls on this ground, something dramatic happens. The limestone holds the rain and the heat from the sunlight right under the surface. Therefore, that fallen seed will begin to sprout very quickly and very dynamically. Because right under the ground in that limestone, it is moist. It is good. The only problem is, because of the layer of limestone, that seed cannot get deep roots. So many times you may see one who has a dramatic conversion, not taking anything away from that. That person makes a decision for Christ. He stands out as an example, as a changed life. However, that change lasts only for a season. It may be an extended season, but then it fails. Why? Because the Word says that there is no root in Himself. It's not going past the limestone. And then there's only little spiritual strength when the sun comes and destroys it. That there's only little spiritual strength. There's not spiritual strength to withstand the trials and persecution of life. Why? Because this particular seed still cannot let its roots go down deep. They only go down just below the surface. You see, on the wayside seed, the devil comes, symbolized in the bird. And picks up all that seed. But here what happens is that the limestone, that, that, that series of layer of limestone that's moist and growable will grow it as far as it can grow. But then it will never, ever, ever develop seeds. Roots. The problem is, folks, what we are to do, we're not responsible for this growth. We are responsible for throwing the seed. You and I are to be kingdom farmers in everything we do. So let me challenge you as I did last week. Be ready for wayside sowing. Be ready for thorny sowing and stony sowing and fruitful sowing because they all will come. There's a third one. In chapter 13, verse 7, it said some fell on thorny soil. And this thorny soil is deceptive ground. It looks good. It looks clean. It appears to be clear of weeds and thorns. But it is not. Right under the surface of this type of soil, unlike the limestone era, right under this surface, there is a chain of roots that are ready to spring up. The fact that the roots are already there means that the thorns will be stronger and grow faster than the good seed. And what will happen is these thorns will come in and begin to choke out one's commitment to Christ. You've seen this one. A commitment is made. And then finally, the conveniences of the world 
begin to choke out that commitment. And then the commitment to Christ begins to wither. Thorny sowing. You're going to sow seed. And some of that seed will fall on thorny ground. But you're not responsible for what happens. You're responsible. Just sow the seed, Rand. Just sow the seed. Wayside, stony, and thorny. And so many people would adapt and and try to make and understand this as failure. Well, that one didn't stick. That one didn't stay. That one never came. That one wouldn't have anything to do with me. This one, this one. The point is, you have been the kingdom farmer. You've been doing exactly what the Great Commission tells us to do. As you go, share your story. I love 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 and 16. Don't love the world or the things that belong to this world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in him. For everything that belongs to the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of one's lifestyle is not from the Father, but it is from the world. Those old thorns can come in. These cares of the world, these persecutions, these things that pull us down and choke out our very commitment to Christ. Then my dad said, now Ram, when you sow the seed, those three, for sure, but you can also count on the fact that there are going to be some seed that's go, that falls on the good stuff, the good soil, and some miraculous things are going to happen. You see, I'm as just a great, greater success on the first wayside sowing as I am on the fruitful sowing. You see that? Because I'm the sower. I'm the kingdom farmer. I'm to do what God says. Not an act of Congress. Not a rocket scientist here. Just simply as you go, tell the world about me. All of you in this room have examples of how you've done that. As we say, I'm preaching to the choir. But right now in the 21st century, what better group to preach to? Because we have the privilege of just even sharing a card. Make it a lifestyle. We've got enough of these cards where you can do that and we'll have where you can give those out and tell people about what God does here. But let them know, even more important even than than, than what God is doing here, what God's doing in the life of that person. Who knows, because you gave out a card or because they found one somewhere that you had left and they looked at the back and they looked at a video and that video touched their life through the power of God and lives was changed. Don't you think it's worth getting a card? putting it in your pocket and leaving it on the table at a restaurant? That's just one way of many, many different ways. The average in terms of leading people to Jesus Christ in the church, we call it a baptismal ratio. Years ago in the Southern Baptist Convention, back in the 50s, used to be about 24, 25 to 1. That means it takes about 25 people in a Southern Baptist church to lead one person to Christ. Now, the song said, each one reach one. Even in the 50s, we were 
not doing real well, but even better. You know what that number is now? And this is a couple of years ago. I'm sure it's changed and higher. 98. Takes nine, I'm not talking about other churches. It takes 98 Southern Baptist church members to lead one person to Christ. The stats don't lie. we got to sow the seed. In any little thing we can do. I can just see it now. When you share about Christ, when your life reflects Jesus, when you give them a true life, however you do that become that becomes the kingdom of farming. I can just see the angels in heaven. You talking about a party? They're having a big party over one who repents. You remember that one? But I think when you give out that card to that person, or you tell them about Jesus, or you say something about what God's done in your life, you're being a witness, a matureo, a martyr for Him. I just think the angels just say, "Hot dog! Did you just hear what such and such did on earth about Jesus?" I'm convinced of that, folks, because you've got God rallying behind you. You're not in this alone. You've got the angels of God surrounding you as you leave even one card. And you know what the Bible, but the Bible saying, my word will not return to me as nothing. You've just left the word of God on the table. Would you agree? Then the Bible says that that word is not going to return as nothing. Who knows? Who knows? Who might find it? Then the final one, the fruitful sowing. I love this one. And in particular, all three of the soils. The wayside, the stony, and the thorny. Every one of them heard the gospel. You understand that? They all heard the gospel. The seed was sown. But now in the fruitful, what took place is that their roots, and those roots got below the limestone. Those roots got into the good soil where those roots could go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. All the other three had a, choo- had a choice to make. They had to choose whether or not they would come to Jesus or accept or reject Him. And in these they did not. Or they did simply on emotion. And they were trusting their emotions. Not the fact that Jesus said, Why should I let you into my heaven? And what should be your response? Is because what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross. You see, when you stand before God, Or you ask someone, suppose I ask you, what if you were standing before God right now and God would say to you, why should I let you into my heaven? What would be your response? The vast amount of people will say, I'm a good guy. I took care of my family. I did all that. Will that get you into heaven? No. But what will? The very fact that you're atoned, you're covered in the blood of Jesus. From where, y'all? The top of your head to what? The bottom of the soles of my feet. That's becoming a kingdom farmer. Fruitful sowing. And then the Bible says something happened. The Bible says, still as it fell on good ground, it produced a crop, some 100 fold, some 60, some 30. In other words, the ground, the, the, the crop that happened as a result of one little seed was living. You ever wonder why God used the seed? Because if you talk to farmers, what will happen is that when you put a seed in the ground, it will not only reproduce the plant, it will reproduce the seed. And so from one plant, you can get hundreds of seeds to replant. 
Look at the cornfield. Go to a farmer who works with corn. Let him plant one. Look what he gets from just one stalk of corn to replant and begin to build. That's their business. That's what they rely on as well. That's why God chose the seed. The seed is alive. The seed is truth. The seed is the Word of God. And it was thrown onto the four kinds of hearts of people. And there you have it. The wayside, the stony, the thony, and now the fruitful. The fruitful. So how's it been this week giving out true life cards? I wish we had a lot of time today and we don't. But I've heard a lot of great stories this week, and I want to thank you for what you have done. So many of you have given out these little cards, have left them. And, y'all, this is not a one- or two-week emphasis, but it's an ongoing emphasis. The cards are here. We'll change them up for the fall, but they'll still have the same message, the same website. We'll be there for you. It's a help for you to simply share Jesus Christ. And put something in front of them. I hope you'll take advantage of it. And I hope you will be the kingdom farmer that God's called all of us to be. Had some good experiences this week. Just out and about, around here and everywhere. Just very simply giving those cards out. God will bless you. Because when you do, you kind of walk away from that and you think, yes. You know? And God honors the word of God being given out. Amen? Pray with me. Lord Jesus, thank you for the parable. An incredible story to illustrate a precept, the truth of God. And Father, once again, those four souls, the four hearts. And I pray, Father, that as we continue what we've already been doing over these years, that Father, your will would be done and salvation would happen to lives because of just these folks sitting right here in this room. I thank you, Lord, for every one of them who has in some way shared Christ in some way this past week. Maybe it was a smile. Maybe it was a handshake. Maybe it was a gentle word. But something was shared about the good news of Jesus Christ. And, oh, God, oh, God, forgive us. For the stats show us now that well over 85% of those that are in our churches throughout the Southern Baptist Convention have never, never shared Christ with anyone. Father, don't let that be said of us. Thank you for what you're doing in allowing us to be farmers in your kingdom. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Psalms called, Here am I, send me. And that's what it is. God is sending you and me to do his harvest. Would you stand together? You come as Keith leads us as we sing, and as Daniel and Austin come and share with me right here. As God leads you, you come right now. <laughs>